This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show just for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this bite-sized episode, Jason and Kyle share a practical tip that every e-commerce leader should know. Let's jump in. Well, we've got to do this one because, of course, it's the season to do our annual planning. So, you know, um, what we thought we would do in this conversation is each share a little bit about annual strategy planning tools, tips, ideas that we've heard, things that resonate with us, things that we have used in our own businesses. And um, so let's share a little bit about the 2020 planning. Um, how do you do it? What tools do you use? What, what tips or suggestions do you have for people who are constructing their new year plan? For sure. I think for me, it all starts back or it starts with a look back. Yeah. It's thinking about what happened in the prior 12 months, going back to those initial goals, did you, you know, hit them? Did you exceed them? Did you, you know, like what was the assessment for that? Yeah. And then really looking at, at what were the drivers of that success or if you missed the mark, what came up, uh, you know, what came about during the year that sort of caused that to be the, the case. And then, so I start there. And then as I begin to, to in that looking back process, also apply sort of the 80-20 Okay. I think yep. the Pareto principle sure. is a powerful 80-20 process. And yep. you know, we've talked about it before in, in some other trainings. And, and, um, and it's a pretty familiar 80-20 concept that's out there, uh, popularized by you know, Mr. Tim Ferriss, I think, in his For Our Workweek book. Yep. Um, but the Pareto principle, like everything has a tendency to kind of fall within that ratio. So looking, to, looking at revenue, looking at profitability, looking at staff and team members, like which of those areas are really are producing 80% of that uh, yeah. or 90% or whatever that, whatever the ratio looks like for you, where is that growth driven from? Where's the success of the last 12 months being really seen? Yeah. And then using that as a, as a springboard to looking forward, how do we press in more? How do we refine what our prior 12 month goals were in 2019 looking forward to 2020 where we can start yeah. to leverage those uh, areas of strength and growth that we're seeing in our business yeah. and then start to plan accordingly um, for 2020 off of that. I love it. Yeah, that's really, really good. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and so for us, you know, it's looking at uh, different sales channels. Like, so for example, yeah. uh, we've seen a lot of growth in Germany as, as a market. Mm-hmm. So how do we optimize sort of our, so like Europe has a specific advertising budget and spread across all the, the marketplaces. Yeah. So maybe I'm like, well, I want to maybe look at Spain and Italy less, you know, cause it's producing the less amount in, in our case mm-hmm. um, revenue and take yeah. some of that ad revenue and actually push that more into say the German market because yeah. that's where we're seeing the most sort of growth. We can drive yeah. growth there. That's a more interest to me. Now, what you just mentioned is, I think, one of those lessons that we learned the hard way, because I think, um, you know, in our business, we really had dramatic breakthroughs um, when, when we sorted this out in our mind, because what we would do is we would have a good, solid revenue and income channel or, you know, product, and then we would try new things. And then what we, what, for, for a few years, what we found ourselves doing was we would almost neglect the bread and butter, like, you know, the, the solid performing good solid thing because we were trying to add new things on top and we'd spend all our money and time on the new unproven things. 
And then what we, what we realized was like, wait, 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 we don't need to like come up with some new shenanigan. We just need to get better mm-hmm. focus. And if anything, stop doing those other things and, uh, you know, focus on what actually makes us money. Right. And it's so easy to get into that trap where you're like, ah, oh, I just, yeah, I make money that way, but I'm really trying a new thing that I'm excited about. And, exactly. you know, we've heard that a million times from our coaching clients. Yep. Yeah. And the truth is, it's because we're entrepreneurial and we get bored. Yeah. Or we if, hear somebody else's success in doing yeah. something. You're like, oh, we can totally yeah. do that. Or we yeah. have to do that because that's yeah. the next new thing. And to the detriment of the thing that's been working or continues yeah. to work well, we've yeah. kind of ignored a little bit. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot of entropy, right? If you, if you don't pay attention to something, it's going gonna, it's gonna to devolve into chaos, right? Yeah. Like you have to be putting some level of energy to maintain it and to grow it. Yeah. If you don't and you divert that energy someplace else, yeah. you're going to see declines. Yeah. So that's a really, really important lesson is ask yourself the question. And, and you know, for us, uh, the top of mind question is always, what's the net profit? Yeah. Not, you know, not top line sales. We don't care. I don't care about top line sales. I, and I've said this for years in our business. We make enough money top line. Mm-hmm. We need to focus on net profit. Yeah. And I think if everybody, you know, I mean, it depends on where you're at and, you know, kind of the volume of uh, total, total numbers you're doing, but you get to a point where you say, Hey, I don't need any more top line revenue. I just need to shift the needle on net profit and we'd be happy. And, you know, so, so that's important. Uh, One of the models that we use, um, we've always used it for a long time is more of less of and different. So Mm. asking ourselves the question, what do we want to do more of this year? And really thinking through that, but of course, looking back and saying, okay, what's worked and what do we want to go deeper into? Uh, the other question is, what do we want to stop doing or do less of? And this is sometimes some of the hardest work is to do the pruning and to really say, you know what, we, somebody has to be the grown up in the room and say, let's stop. This is not working. This is a waste of money. It's a waste of time. You know, we're spending Pareto principle questions, you know, are we spending 60 or 70% of our time on something that produces no money? And when we could just stop it and literally not have any harm, you know, it's like, like you just eliminate the stuff that doesn't work and you get all that money and time redeemed back to you that you can then invest into the thing that does work. And then the third bucket in that little tool is uh, what things are, we want to do differently that maybe you haven't done at all. And so that more of, less of, and different tool we've always appreciated. Um, so that's a different model that, that you can use to plan. Um, I've got another one, but you, anything else that you have in terms of models or tips or ideas you want to share as well? I like as well to sort of think through, so you have your big annual plan. That So you've done your sort of uh, assessment work of the last 12 You just months. made a big assumption, bro. Okay. So have an annual plan. All right. Well, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm going there. I'm going okay. there. So you, you've looked at the results of 12 months, like yeah. the last 12 months, 2019. And yeah. now you're looking forward to 2020. And now yeah. it's time to actually come up with an annual plan, create an annual plan. And you, you end up with top line goal. Yeah. yeah. Right. So maybe that is, Maybe you have a top line revenue goal, but your focus is, you know, how do I, how do I increase profitability in 2020? Yep. And you're looking for the drivers for that. Yep. So you have big 12 month goals. Then the, the real question is, and then how do you then break those big goals up into quarterly objectives? Right. So yep. you start to think because 
what I've found is that 12 month goals are typically too broad and grandiose to be able to articulate into actionable daily, monthly, weekly execution processes and and systems in which to, to gain that, hit those goals. Because if you have big goals, you're going to have to define really clear systems and develop really clear habits and processes in your business in order to accomplish them. Cause you're not going to accomplish them just by having them. I mean, that's, that's a good first step. Like, you know, yeah. if you have, you have first have to write them down, have them be clear about it, but you also have to be revisiting those measuring against those and have a build in a process to um, actually attain them. And I think mm-hmm. for, for me, it works best where you have a big top line, numbers and goals and what you're trying to accomplish. And then you need to break those up into the quarterly goals. And so if I say, for example, our goal is to do $250,000 in this sales channel, right? So like, that's the yep. goal. Great. All right. So what do you have to do? How does that break down? If you're going to look at it over the next four quarters of 2020, you know, obviously if you're in e-commerce, maybe Q4 is going to take a good chunk of that. You might be able to get, you know, 30 to 50% of all of that goal done in that quarter, what's yep. going to be required for you to, to hit that, right? Yep. What inventory do you need to be planning? What marketing campaigns do you need to be having in place? So you start to break those down by quarter and what you need to do to accomplish the top line goal. You're breaking that down. And then for me, I like to look at it from a quarterly breakdown to those goals and then it's monthly. Yep. So inside of that quarter now, I'm, I'm just getting smaller and smaller in terms of my focus. Yep. And that's actually beginning more and more technical as the, 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 the more zoomed in you get from a timeline perspective. So sure. when you're on monthly, then you start looking, okay, what do I need to be executing on every single month? What are the KPIs for that? So maybe you say, I could hit my revenue goal and my profitability goal. Yeah. I need to be identifying and on a monthly basis, looking at my P&L. I need to be um, launching three new marketing campaigns for this yep. month. I need to be launching two new products. You know, it's like you have, you're, you're starting to build the plan into that month. And then from there, you're looking at the weekly. And that's where on the weekly level that's leading up to those months, that's where you start to get really, really granular in terms of what actions your team needs to be doing. So this person's goal or this person is doing this. This person's responsible for this. Here's the KPI that they're doing. So if you have a team member doing product research, here's the product research thing that they need to be working on for this to get this launched, to get this campaign done. Here's the email content needs to be written for this campaign that needs to happen in month one or month four or month six. And so you start to get super granular in that. And and you're going to review these, right? You're going to review this on a monthly basis. You make adjustments as required. But you you start to, to flesh out the big picture and get more and more specific as you get down to the weekly level that leads up to that. And then it's just a process of, of, of adjusting and, and measuring your execution against that plan because yeah. not every plan, any plan you, you go to market with is going to fail. I mean, like you have assume like you have, I have a yeah. plan, I bring it to the market and the market's going to give me input and I need to adjust as we're going. Yeah. But that's my approach with it. So you, you start big and yeah. then you get more and more specific as you get down to the monthly and even weekly tasks that need to be happening, milestones that you need to check off. Yeah. Do you make big goals for yourself? Because I don't like for me, yeah. like I'll look, I'll look, I'll show you right here. I have my, my one from last year. I literally just do like a set mm-hmm. of goals for the year. And this has literally been sitting here all year long. And, uh, you know, I glance over at it. It's just to the left of my computer, glance over at it regularly. And I've got them basically by, uh, by sort of our business model, our businesses. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and it's a good opportunity for me to look back and say, wow, I, 
totally spaced on that one, but I, you know, right. I, I succeeded on this one. Um, how do you approach just the big, yeah. big goals? You know? I, I'm trying to be more holistic in my approach to goal setting in 2020. So I have business goals, but I'm also creating family goals yep. and yep. all these different, like I want to get better at all these like yep. goals, like spiritually, what do I want to, you know, yep. do I want to be you know, spending more time yep. you know, doing praying or, you know, whatever. Like I want to have all of these things laid out from a yep. more holistic perspective, but yeah, it is, it's written out that way. But then I also think it's really critical for you to have some built in reminder Mm-hmm. to revisit your goals. Yeah. Cause that's one of the things that the biggest sort of challenges that I've seen with the goal setting is you can set these goals, but you don't yeah. visit them enough, even though so, you have them visible, right? Like, yeah, that's right why there. I've got mine. Cause I'm a visual learner. I just have them right here. So if nothing else, I'm just, it's, they're aware. It's, I'm, it's I'm aware there. of them. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's a powerful way to yeah. sort of stay top of mind. And then, yep. then really also build in sort of the, what are the what are the KPIs for you accomplishing those goals? Like, mm-hmm. what do you need to sort of begin to build in as a habit into your business that'll help yeah. you facilitate that? Because one of the things with goals, I think, is is building in the right habits and processes in which to makes it easier for you to accomplish the, the goals yeah. that you're trying to set out and do. Because we might set up goals, but then we don't actually develop the habits or the business processes that enable us to reach them. Like if your goal is to create more profitability yep. in your business, yep. but you're you're not measuring profitability and any any consistency, how are you going to know? You, yep. you basically are setting yourself a goal that you're making your impossible to measure against and reach because you're not actually measuring profitability. Or if your goal is to increase, you know, your uh, new customers, but mm-hmm. you don't, you have a goal, but but you don't have a, a a process in place that you are building to actually get those new customers. You're like, my goal is to get ten thousand new customers in twenty twenty, but you don't. Ha- you're not thinking and building a plan for new campaigns, right? New new uh, attempts at business models, whether content or you know lead gen stuff like that. You're not building that in. You're never going to accomplish you. you by sheer sheer luck. I mean, you're leaving it up to luck, and luck is yeah. not a business model or or a plan. So yeah. that's my thinking around that. My dog says hello, by the way. She's right here. Um, no, I think what you just touched on is really important. And this is a final thought, um, another uh, approach to this, which is, again, from Gary, Gary Keller, the founder of Keller Williams. And uh, it's in his book, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Um, he has this little uh, concept where he talks about big goals plus a big model Mm-hmm. equals big success. And, you know, if there's one thing that I would encourage everybody to do is if you think of a new way to make money this year, really evaluate the business model that you're yeah. looking into. We, we've literally had a multi-year like rabbit trail, wasted time on wrong business models. Yeah. And, you know, during that period, it really made me realize, and in the new book that we, we put out, The Tiger Proof, uh, ebook, I break down my methodology for scoring business models. Mm-hmm. And everybody should have their methodology for scoring business models because they're not all created equal. And, and if there's anything that you do this next year, I would encourage you to think through, is your current business model going to take you to where you want to go? And if not, what's a business model that you could bolt on in an adjacent mm-hmm. way to your current work and does it have attributes that are uh, bigger, better, more compelling financially? Yeah. And, um, and, so, and, and so thinking through that is really, really important. 
Um, and, uh, and so that book has a whole list of the different business models that are common to e-commerce sellers Mm -hmm. and also my methodology for scoring them. Now you might have your own methodology, but I would say this, you need a methodology, use mine or come up with your own, uh, before you launch any new, uh, you know, business strategies, think through, can you create big goals inside a big model? And will that lead to, if you're successful to big outcomes? No, Um, so I think that's, that's probably a, a good place to wrap it up. A final thought. Uh, my only thought on that on the business model was that also business models change yeah. and you have to be aware of those sure. changes because yeah. you might be like, if you're like, yeah, F- Amazon FBA is the way to go. Yeah, it's true. But if you try to the exact same model and approach yeah. from six, seven years ago, you're going to get crushed because it's, yeah. it's not the same model. Yep. And so you have to be aware of the changes that are occurring in the space and adjust your model appropriately. Absolutely. Totally agree. All right, my man. Good times. Good times. Have a fantastic weekend. You too, sir. All right. See ya. Bye. Oh, wait, I forgot. If you like this topic, we should mention our mastermind program, uh, of course. Uh, and uh, we would be negligent in our duties if we didn't mention that we have a monthly, uh, you know, a recurring program where you can pay annually if you'd like. But um, we have a, a mastermind program that uh, we have six and seven figure sellers all hanging out online and together and learning from each other. We have content that we deliver to that group, special trainings. And um, if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, we'd love to have you join. Check out the details on the website. We also have one-on-one coaching. So if you want to work directly with Kyle and I this next year, then check out the application process. It's by application only. That way we confirm that you're right for the program and that we're right for you. And um, we do a 30-minute consult uh, where we talk about your business and that kind of thing is the first step. And so if that's of interest, be sure to check that out on the website as well. Okay, so with that said... See you, man. Have a good week. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The E-Commerce Leader. Hey, don't forget to subscribe because when you do, you'll get notified. And next time you log into your podcast player, you'll see our latest episode nestling at the top of your lists. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.